passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is, Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. I am so pumped, ready, filled, ready to go, ready to deposit, hopefully a word in you guys today after the break. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well out there. I love you guys so much. We hit 250,000 downloads. Guys, that's a quarter of a million downloads. That's like really, really, really a lot of downloads. And I want to thank you guys for downloading <laughs> and for tagging your friends in the comments and for sharing about the podcast and for subscribing and for being so incredibly loyal to our ministry. It, it is absolutely amazing what, what God has done. And it's so nice to just see tangible. It's almost like that, that, that number 250, like 250,000, we were waiting to meet it. And it's such a tangible example of God at work in our ministry. Like we see the evidence there. So I want to thank you. It is because of you um, that that we have reached a quarter of a million uh, downloads in a very short amount of time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Y'all know I love you out there. Um, we I just wanted to take a second to celebrate that today. It is... Um, it's really exciting. Our team, we work so hard and we pray so much <laughs> and we love you so much. So thank you for downloading. Uh, so Sunday was my six-year-old's birthday, right? Haven is six going on. <sighs> Homegirl is going on like 23, okay? Uh, she is amazing and she is the most incredible little personality I've met. Like she, she has weighed 42 pounds for three years. She eats all the time. We have no idea. We're like, we're like, why are you not gaining more weight? She's perfectly healthy guys. We've taken her to the doctor all the appropriate amount of time. She's perfectly healthy. She's just a thin little thing, but let me tell you something. The personality in my child is like, I mean, she is like a roaring lion. This little 42 pound uh, baby is a roaring lion. Um, and so it was appropriate for us on Sunday uh, to go to the zoo <laughs> to meet the roaring lions in real life. I, I actually introduced her to her spirit animal when we walked by the roaring lion, the cage. Um, there was no lions with manes. They only had female lions, which I mean, listen, I love, I love a good Lion King enclosure at the zoo. Like I, I love a good Nala at the zoo, but I'm looking for Mufasa. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we took Haven by the lions and she was like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you guys we're looking at this exhibit and it is beautiful the Dallas Zoo is really nice we're looking at this exhibit and she was like where's their manes mom <laughs> and I was like I don't know I'm kind of disappointed too I don't know where the male line is but she immediately realized no I want the big bold line so um anyway we walk around the zoo I kind of hate the zoo because it's like you've seen one lion you've basically seen them all I know everyone's gonna hate me for saying that but it's it's hot you know, whatever. 
but we go because my kids love it and we have a membership and we go often. Okay. But I'm walking through the zoo and my daughter is like so adorable. My son, so adorable. My older kids are enjoying their lives. I mean, you know, it's like every two seconds, my husband buys them more ice cream or more Dippin' Dots, which what's up with Dippin' Dots? I'm going to do a monologue on Dippin' Dots soon. Don't understand. I'm confused by Dippin' Nuts every time they get them. Anyway, moving on. Um, So we're walking through and Haven is pausing every single exhibit and she is describing to us what is happening in the exhibit. Like we go by the penguins and, and there's, you know, penguins are cool. Uh, you know, <laughs> my husband made the worst dad joke when it came to penguins. He was like, these are really well-dressed birds. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're such a dork. <laughs> Don't say that again. Uh, but, but she is leaned in and so interested. And mom, what's that? Mom, what are they holding? Mom, why is their cage full of water? Mom, why is it so cold over here? Mom, why does the lion not have a mane? Mom, and she's so leaned in. And, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to all of her questions. Like, I'm not Blue Planet over here. But she is, I, I do know a lot of the answers to the questions that she's asking. And it's almost like with every answer, she was relieved and happy. And, like, she was cackling. And she was like, having the best time, living her best life. Right. And I'm walking around the zoo and I'm looking at my, all four of my children, you know, not just Haven and Moses is like an encyclopedia. Like I don't, I can't even, I can't even deal with Moses's intellect. (laughs) He, I mean, the other day he told me that sharks don't sleep and you know what? They don't, I Googled it. They do not sleep. Isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever heard? So Moses has all these intellectual facts that he's telling us about the animals, but Haven is taking it all in. and. It just hit me as I'm watching her. It was like the Lord was speaking to me and he was like, you don't take it in enough. You could learn a thing or two from Haven. And it was so convicting in the moment (laughs) that, you know, I stopped and I like surveyed the, the elephants and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, I kind of feel like we don't take it in enough. God was so right on target, as he always is. We don't take it in enough. We don't take in the simple pleasures, the simple joys, the creation that the Lord has created for our enjoyment. We don't take it in enough. So on that note, I went out this morning. My rose bushes are gorgeous. And I just stood and looked at them and smelled them. Literally smell smelled the roses in my backyard. But I just want to encourage you today. You know, there's a lot of stressful things going on in our world. But more than the stress, there is beautiful moments that we miss when we don't stop, pause, take it in, ask questions, appreciate um the creation and how God meant. I really believe he created the world, the way it looks, creation, the trees, the different terrains, the animals um, for us to enjoy. 
And um, we need to do that. So those are my opening thoughts for the day. We are about to throw down about faith. So catch me right after the break. And I'm going to talk to you about our boy, Abraham. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys, back from the break. Listen, I got a word for you. It's been in me. It's been, I I need you to hear this. Um, we're going to talk about faith today. I think this is something that um, we all... <laughs> We all need to hear all the time, okay? Maybe you're like a faith warrior. Um, Faith is definitely one of the things that I like to talk about most um, because the Bible talks so much about it. It is one of those things that is like, I love to talk about. I love to live it. I love to see the effects of it. I love to see the rewards of it. But I really want to give you a word that the Lord deposited in me several weeks ago. Okay. And it kind of burned in me and, uh, I was able to, to talk about it a couple of days ago. And I want to share it with you guys as well. I want you guys to understand this one thing. And I think we forget this in a world where we're in community groups and small groups and everyone saying be in community. All of those things are amazing. Okay. But I want to remind you of one thing, your faith, one person's faith, just you, just you and you alone can literally affect your entire family. One person's faith, you, I'm speaking to you, girlfriend, or but I don't want to say boyfriend because I already have one of those married to him. Uh, but man, friend, uh, you, your faith, not your pastor's faith, which God bless our pastors. Can I get an amen out there? Not your mom's faith, not your dad's faith, your, you, you and you alone, not your kid's faith, not your husband's faith, not your wife's faith, you, your faith alone affects a few, hundreds, a community, a city, an entire state, an entire country, the world. One person standing unwavering on the power of the living God can affect many. I am talking to those of you today. Maybe you're in a marriage that is awful, okay? Awful. Your husband or your wife doesn't believe, whatever. 
You know that your faith and your faith alone can resurrect that thing. Do you understand how powerful faith is? It is more powerful than um, an argument. It's more powerful than, than divorce papers. It is more powerful than anything. Your faith, you standing in it can resurrect it. Do you know out there, those of you that, that uh, you can't have children, do you understand the power of the spirit of God working inside of you. You, by yourself, standing on the word of God can affect children to come soon, generations. You can have a legacy of faith simply by you standing. Now, listen, we think, and and I actually think this is one of the tactics of the enemy, We are told constantly to be in community. And let me tell you, I agree. I'm in community. But God told Gideon when he called him, I'm going to do this work. I'm going to defeat the Midianites even by one man. You don't have to wait for people to get on board with your faith. You don't have to wait for it. You can stand alone and it can affect your entire family. God has done this in my life. I cannot even tell you how many times it has been just me. Sometimes I don't even tell my husband what I'm praying for and and it, and it happens and it affects our family. It affects our children and it will affect a, a legacy of generations after us. You, by yourself, you who think that you um, are insignificant, do you know what you can become or what God can do through you when you are coupled with the power of the spirit of the living God? Let me tell you something. Satan wants to tell you that you can do nothing. You are insignificant. You are up a creek. Nothing. uh, You have no power whatsoever. And you know what? That is a lie because I'm going to tell you about a guy who didn't just affect him and his marriage. He affected his family. He affected generations after him. It was in his seed that the entire nation of Israel happened. And from the entire nation of Israel, we got Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. He stood against all odds by himself, and he believed. And we're talking about faith, Jesus today, and he's one of the main reasons why. Our boy, Abraham, you know, you know it, Father Abraham had many sons. I want to take you to one of my favorite uh, men in the scripture, and I want to tell you something about Abraham. He was a nobody. Okay. He was literally nobody. I mean, he's just a dude. Uh, Like he was in the descendants of Shem. Okay. If you want to get really technical in uh, Genesis 20, uh, the descendants of Shem from Noah. Okay. In Genesis 11, it goes on to the different descendants. And, you know, here we have Abraham and we also have, actually his name is Abram. His name is not Abraham yet. God changed his name later in his life. We also have a chick. Her name is Sarai. Okay. We know her as Sarah, because God also changed her name later in her life. Um, but this is what this is, is what the scripture, when we're introduced to Ab- Abram, says. Uh, they talk about Terah lived, this is 1126, Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abram. 
Nahor, and Haran, okay? That's all it says. He's just a descendant of Terah. That's it. He's not the father of many nations. He's just a descendant of Shem, who begot Terah, who begot Abram. He is nobody, y'all. He's literally a descendant. Now, it is nice that his name is um, written in uh, Genesis, um, but there's nothing significant attached to his name. On down the descendants in uh, Genesis 11.30, we see this. Sarai, now it does say something about Sarai, which this is really interesting. What does it say? Sarai was barren, and she had no child. So here we have Abram, which actually uh, begins talking about Abram right after it says Sarai was barren and has no child, but she was a descendant, but uh, it qualifies her for good reason. She was barren and she had no child. So we have one guy who's basically a nobody, and then we have her who was barren and had no child. Why is this significant? Because they got married. Now, um, I want to say something about Abram. Abraham, Abram, that's going to mess me up this whole, this whole podcast, y'all. So just bear with me. When I say Abraham, I'm actually meaning Abram. In, in, in uh, the verses of, of Genesis 12, God speaks to Abram. Now he's a nobody up until this point. Nobody. He is a begot, 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 Terah begot. That's it. He is a name in a list of names. But then God speaks to him. I want to tell you something about one person standing in faith and believing God. Nobodies become somebodies, not based on who they are, but based on their faith. Faith has a way of giving people a legacy, faith has a way of gaining respect amongst humanity and it pleases God as well. Faith has a way of taking an ordinary human that's just a name and a genealogical list and turning them into the father of many nations. Faith makes the difference. Abraham did, Abram did nothing more than obey. That's it. And we're still talking about homeboy nobody today. Faith made him somebody. I want to talk to those of you today that are feeling a little mm, insignificant, like, mm, does my life matter? Does anyone care? Yes. Yes, it does. If Abram can go from Ab- Abram to Abraham, father of many nations, you can too. The difference is faith. Now, I want to qualify this. We do not have faith in faith. The scripture tells us faith has to have an object. And the object of our faith is we don't have faith in our job, faith in our money, faith in our husband, faith in whatever. And we, we can have faith in those things. But the kind of faith that made Abraham, Abram, to the father of many nations, was faith whose object was God Almighty. It was a substance of knowing that God was real 
and he needed to obey. Genesis 12, one says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives, leave your family, which is kind of um, like they just people just didn't do that. First of all, uh, humanity was being real rebuilt after the days of Noah. And so it's kind of weird, like go ahead and leave your country uh, and re- leave your relatives, like go away from them, go to like, you know, the wilderness somewhere. Uh, but the Lord tells him to do that. Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land, which I will show you. And I will make you here, here, here comes the promise. He's a nobody and God's given him a word and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, listen, I'm telling you to go forth. And if you do that, this is what I'm going to do. And you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham, guess what he did? He went. (laughs) I love that he did that. So we went. I'm really glad he didn't stay. That would have been really stupid. Okay. So we went forth as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. Now, Abraham was 75. He was 75. He was not 22. Y'all out there, you still got time. Hang on tight. You're going to make it. He wasn't 22. He was 75. And God was about to blow his heart mind. 75, when he departed from Haran, Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions, which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they sent out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Now, um, I want to really talk about his faith and his faith alone. Okay, it was one guy. We, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move forward, and we're gonna kind of go through the scripture because I want to really make my point to you. God has said, "Leave your family. I'm gonna make your name great. I'm gonna uh, make you the father of many nations." And in who you. In you and you alone, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In you, Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He did not say in you, in Sarai, in Lot, in all of your goats, in all of your cows. No, in you. Now, did he need Sarai? Yes, he did. He needed her to make Isaac. But she was barren. Remember, Sarai was barren and she had no children. God was about to do something amazing. And you, Abram, one person, one person standing in faith, one person saying, I'm going to believe. I don't care if anyone believes with me. One person can affect all the families of the earth. That was what God spoke to Abram. So here, I'm going to go through to uh, Genesis 18, okay? Now, this is a time when we've gone through, we just were in uh, Genesis 11, now we're in Genesis uh, 18. So seven chapters have passed. A lot of really good stuff has passed. You can go back and read it. Um, But I want to make my point to you. There was a time when, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Genesis 18, verse 1. Now the Lord appeared to him, not to him and Sarai, just to him. He appeared to Abram. 
okay, uh, by the Oaks of Man. Now, I pronounce this wrong every time. I'm going to say Mamra. While he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day, when he lifted his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran to the tent door to meet them, bowed himself down to the earth and said, my Lord, if now I found favor in your sight, please do not let your servant pass by. I'm going to skip on uh, down, okay, to Genesis 18, 19. Then they said to him, where is Sarai, your wife? So now all of a sudden... <laughs> The three uh, people that are, well, God, that was meeting with Abraham wanted to talk to Sarai as well. Where is Sarah, your wife? And she said, there in the tent. He said, God said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Sarah and Abraham were old, advances in age. Sarah was past the childbearing years, and Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I've become this old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time next year, you will have a son. And guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. We all know the story. I want to tell you something, though. There was a guy who believed even when his wife was laughing. The men that came to meet with Abraham wanted to talk to Abraham because Abraham was not laughing. Abraham was waiting for God to, through him, bless all of the families of the earth. Sarah was laughing. He was waiting. There's a reason why they wanted an audience with him and him alone. One person standing on the word of God can affect many. Now they needed Sarah. <laughs> they needed Sarah. But he was speaking to Abraham. You can move into Romans 4, and I want to uh, continue to make this point through the pages of the Scripture. Um, sometimes it's really important that we use the Scripture to guide us, and we, we just talk about the Scripture rather than we guide the Scripture. Do you know what I'm saying? Romans 4 says this, A father of many nations I have made you, in the presence of him who believed. Even God, who gives life to the dead, and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, Abraham believed so that he might become a father of many nations. His one faith affected many, many, many nations. According to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be without becoming weak in faith. He now Sarah is not talked about in this passage. Abraham is without becoming weak in faith. He contemplated his old body. Yeah, I'm really, really old. Now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb yet, yet with respect to the promise of God, he didn't waver in unbelief, but he grew strong giving glory to God and being fully assured 
fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. I just want to bring this home, bring this down. Let's just bring this home. I hope our father Abraham, you guys remember that song, Father Abraham, and I'm not going to sing it. My voice is really low because I've preached a lot in the last few days. I was so encouraged by this passage the other day because I think sometimes we get in a, I want them to believe with me mentality. Or maybe this, I want them to approve mentality. Or maybe this, I need evidence, God, that you're working mentality. Abraham didn't have any of that. He really didn't have anyone that super approved. He certainly didn't have any evidence other than the word of God. But he had substance. And that was his faith. One man's faith changed us all. As you're sitting in your car or whatever you're doing, getting your nails done, getting a Starbucks, whatever it is, I want you to start looking at yourself differently. If he can affect the world, and he was a nobody. Faith made him somebody because God honored it. God can and will do the same thing through you. You are a vessel and a beacon to display the glory of God. You might want their approval. You want, might want someone to pat you on the back. You might want encouragement. But you don't need those things. What you need is to be fully assured that God is able to do what he said he's going to do. And your faith and your faith alone can affect everyone around you. Your marriage, your husband doesn't have to believe for you to know that God's going to reconcile you. Your kids, your kids don't have to believe for you to know and stand on the fact that God's power is going to get a hold of their life and your prodigals are going to come home. Your parents, your family, your school, your university, one person believing that God is who he says he is and his promises are true can affect everyone. And I'm telling you, it can be you. It can be you. I love you guys today. I hope that encourages you. Oh, it was so good for me to be reminded of that the other day. Uh, catch me right after the break. Don't go away. I have a question from one of y'all. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? 
Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. I am back uh, from the teensy tiny little short break. I have a mess. I have a question from one of you guys. Um, and thank you for sending these, by the way, you can send them to hello at autumnmiles.com. You can DM me, um, you know, just, you can put it in the comments. We read through all your comments. The team is on it. And, um, we, we love to answer questions from you because a lot of people do have a lot of questions. It's so funny. It's sometimes it's easier to ask someone you don't know than to ask someone you know some of these questions. I do love this question. I think, um, it's very interesting to me. Uh, this person writes, and I don't have a name here for some reason. I don't know why. But they say, can you talk about sinning while the Holy Spirit is in you? As believers, I know that we still sin and we repent and ask forgiveness. But sometimes it feels like if we do sin, we were never, ever saved in the first place. If the Holy Spirit is in us, why do we struggle so much? Okay, this is a great question. First of all, let me tell you, we, I believe the Bible teaches, now I don't know where you're coming at me from today, but I believe that the Bible teaches that once we are a believer, we are always a believer. I believe that we are sealed into the day of Christ Jesus is, is how the word put, puts it. But I'm telling you what, when we are a believer, it's often as it's as if we are harassed much more than before we were. So I would say the temptation level is probably going to raise, at least it did for me and most people that I know, after you become a believer than before. Okay. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. I don't know what version this is that I'm reading out of. I'm reading it from uh, online. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide you a way out so that you can endure it. Now, here's the thing. When we sin, there is a temptation to do so. And 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, when you are tempted, we have the spirit of God to help us overcome the temptation. 
The problem when we find ourselves sinning is we're not using the spirit of God to actually overcome the temptation. You look um, at Jesus. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan himself, okay? He was filled with the spirit, so he was able to overcome the temptation, okay? So while it can be incredibly frustrating because while I'm sitting here talking about temptation like it's no big deal, it can be completely overwhelming. You can feel oppressed by the temptation that you find yourself under and uh, fall under temptation, which of course will lead to sin. That is why the grace of God is so incredibly important. When you say in your question, if the Holy Spirit is in us, why do we struggle so much? We struggle so much because the Holy Spirit is in us, because the enemy sees us as a threat. He wants to basically take us down, take our integrity down, take our reputation down. Um, the Holy Spirit is given to us, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, to overcome temptation. It's up to us to utilize him. Okay. So I hope this answers your question. I also think it's uh, really beneficial for you to look at Ephesians 6 and understand that, um, your struggle isn't against flesh and blood, okay? It is literally against, it says it right here, First uh, Ephesians 6, verse 12. Um, it's against rulers, darkness, against world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Like we're talking... Your temptation is coming from a dark place because they do not want you to be successful uh, in the Lord. So I love you so much. I hope this helps you. I hope this answers your question. And I love all of you that are listening today. I hope that you will join me next week on a brand new, fresh edition of the Autumn Mile Show. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.